Hello and a warm welcome. I'm Armin Trost, professor at the Furtwangen University in Germany. And this is my series on human resources strategies, a real master course for advanced HR students, professionals and executives. This series is available on YouTube and on all podcatchers like iTunes or Spotify. All slides that support this series are available on my website. For more information, please read the description to this YouTube or podcast. I'd also like to refer to my book, Human Resources Strategies, available at most online bookstores. So, again, thanks for listening Have fun and gain valuable insights into the fascinating world of HR strategies. Today we talk about leadership development, executive education, however you name it, and I don't want to talk too much about leadership per se, but I would like to share with you a view on it in the beginning. And when doing so, I do not talk about the leaders. I do not talk about leadership. I talk about those to be led, the people. And when you think about the people, then you better understand the people's mind. And You know, I'm a psychologist, so um, I, I try to understand people from a psychological perspective, which is very often a good idea. And when we think about people, the, the, the human mind, then a very simplified but very helpful, reasonable view that also going to help us with leadership is to understand that there are two systems, at least. Two layers, we can also say. One is an intuitive layer, one is the rational layer, and... It's really simplified, but, but it helps. And you find this differentiation since uh, yeah, many de decades, uh, centuries. Descartes, for instance, uh, uh, but also in the new psychology, Jonathan Haidt, uh, Daniel Kahneman, Uh, they, they always brought this, this thinking up. Already Sigmund Freud uh, uh, saying, there is an intuitive layer. The intuitive layer is about feeling, it's about liking It's about trusting. It's about emotion. It's an old layer in the human mind. It's, it has already many, many updates. <laughs> It's very, very old. Millions of years. Uh, we share the same system like cats, frogs, horses, whatever. And this is very powerful layer. It's unconscious. It's very fast. Okay? And whenever we think about employees... We have to understand that there is a part in the human mind which is very, 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 very old and very intuitive and unconscious, okay? But on top of this, there is a rational layer. This is the newer part of the human brain. Um, here, thinking happens, understanding, reasoning, uh, in particular in the prefrontal cortex, um, We, it's, 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 let's say, the executive of our mind. <laughs> Here, rational thinking takes place. Uh, conscious thinking. Um, puzzling with problems. And this is the slow system. That's the slow system. And we really have to understand these two things because when you lead people, you have, address both, you have to address both systems. And <laughs> that, that's the main difference. Now, now when we go a little bit step further, think about leadership. 
right? Understanding that leadership happens on the rational layer, but also on the intuitive layer, we can also differentiate between the presence and the future. Again, this is a very simplified view, but it helps, really, it helps. So when we look into the future, I mean, leadership is about guiding people into a future. A good leader has the future in mind. <laughs> of course they do. <laughs> I mean, whenever you ask, what is a leader doing? Uh, yeah, a leader has an idea about the future, right? I mean, even in a, in a daily setting, if there is a group of four uh, walking through the wood, yeah, and there's one leader and there is uh, a crossroad, you might ask, hey, uh, uh, which way to go? Okay, where, where, where do we want to end up? <laughs> yeah, it, it, that is leadership, thinking about the future. And when we think about the long-term future on a rational way, then this is what we name a strategy. A strategy, le leaders must understand strategy, right? Uh, and, and the strategy is always well elaborated. It's, it's something thoughtful. It's something complex, something difficult. You have to think about so many things. You have to think about markets. You have to think about core competencies of your organization. You have to think about where might be your future competitive advantage. You must understand uh, the developments in the market, trends, Uh, you have to understand uh, your financials. You have to understand the customers. You have to understand so many things. And you can, you can spend months to come up with a reasonable strategy for your organization or your div division or your team or whatever. So building a strategy is something where you really have to think, not to feel, think. And I would say... Not every employee in your team, not every employee in your organization must understand the strategy. I mean, we sometimes do this. We ask people in an employee survey, do you understand the strategy of this organization? I would say they don't need to. They don't need to. I mean, really. <laughs> you work for a month to develop a strategy, and now you ask your, 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 your worker in the assembly line, hey, John, do you understand the strategy? And he says, no, of course not. I mean, how, how could he or she understand something that you were working on over, over a month? I mean, most people don't have an MBA degree. Yeah? They didn't study business. They didn't work with uh, strategic consultants for, for a long, long, long period of time. How should they understand the strategy? Okay. But there's something that they need to understand. But that's not the strategy. That's the vision. The vision is... A translation of the strategy is something that you can articulate in a few sentences. And the vision does not address the rational layer. That does not address the, the prefrontal frontal cortex of those to be led. The vision addresses the intuitive layer. That addresses your amygdala, your hippocampus, your limbic system. So... If you share a vision with the people in your organization, the people must feel instantly uh, very positive. They say, oh, yeah, that feels good. I want to be part of this. Yeah. Mm. That's the vision, right? The, the vision is always emotional. Right? That's great. That's positive. That, that, uh, that, that is always also with a, with a view to the customer. A vision provides a purpose to the people. And it's easy to understand. So it's about the future, right? So again, vision is the translation of strategy on an intuitive layer. And good leaders can do this. They don't share PowerPoints. 
right? They don't share PowerPoints. They translate the strategy in some sentence, and the people are 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 really caught. They 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 you you meet you 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 meet their hearts. Yeah, I have a dream. It's a vision, right? So now leadership is not only about the future; it's also about the present, the here, the now. What do we do now, manager? <laughs> Here's a problem. What to do? Uh, so. And also here, it's about the rational layer and it's about the intuitive layer. And with the intuitive layer, it's pretty much about the relation you have to your people. A relation. It's about trust. It's about charisma. It's about body expression. It's about your language. Things that you... It's hard to, to express in words. But it's there. And it's powerful. Right? Um, and on a rational layer, it's really about how you behave in a critical social situation based on your role. So here's the problem, what to do? I mean, it, if there is really a problem in the room, a decent, real problem, you, as a leader, you will lose when you just address the intuitive layer, say, hey, we're gonna make it. Hey, be strong, believe me. Yeah, okay, that might help, but uh, at the same time, the people don't only want to benefit from trust, charism, body expression, or strong leader. They want to solve the problem. Right? <laughs> they, want, they want to solve the problem. And what is your role as a manager, as a leader in this particular part? Right? It's not enough just to stand there and say, Chaka, hey, we are strong. We must believe in us. Yeah, yeah, we believe in us. So, okay, thank you, manager. And how gonna, what, what will we do now? <laughs> yeah. So, the idea is to address all these four layers. Uh, what comes to my mind now is a really interesting story. Uh, I, 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 was, I was working with a, with, a, with a horse coach recently. It's a, a great experience. Horses, horses also have the intuitive layer, really. But they don't have so much the rational layer. You cannot convince a horse. You cannot lead a horse by showing the horse a PowerPoint, telling the horse, hey, horse, look. There are these three options you might go. Uh, straight, left, right. So I convince you now why going right is the right way. Look, here is the data. Here's the PowerPoint in the horse. Oh, yes, you are right. So hey, I follow you. No, you cannot even talk to a horse. You should talk to a horse, but the horse will not understand you. The horse will just look at your body expression. It's only the intuitive layer. Only the intuitive. And you can lead a horse by just on the intuitive layer. It's not about the future, by the way, the long-term future. The horse does not care about the long-term future. It's the suppressance, the situation, how you lead in this moment without PowerPoint, without, without words. <laughs> yeah, interesting, right? Yeah, very interesting. It, as, a, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a leader, you better, you better are good in this, yeah? building that relation. Okay? So... Uh, what I want to talk about here when about leadership development is the present, okay? I don't want to talk about vision, how to create a vision. I don't want to talk about strategy. That's something else. I really think if you want to prepare leaders for, 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 for strategic thinking, you better involve the leaders in building a strategy or doing something like an MBA or something like this. I mean, really, sometimes you have to read Michael Porter. So... It, I would like to leave it to this, right? I would like to talk about 
how we can develop leaders for their daily behavior, yeah, the presence on a rational layer, primarily, and not on an intuitive layer, on a rational layer. This is this is what I what I want to talk about here. How you can develop people here, and here is a very classic approach that we find in many organizations. Uh, again, it's a black and white view. You know, I do that all the time. I, I show you, look, this is how you find it on a classic way and this is how you might, uh, how other people do. And I, I always try to, to show two uh, different approaches to, to show you the extremes. Right? Um, and what you find very often in organization is that, and that's the classic way, is that in the beginning there is a strategy Yeah, and then the organization think about okay, if this is the strategy, the strategy is about uh, being global, uh, being strong in digitization, uh, uh, so, uh, uh, building a strong brand. So what, whatever it is, yeah. I mean, we were talking about this in um, in an earlier episode. Uh, all the strategic things, right? The purpose, the competitive advantage, the the challenges, and and what is the actual strategy of the organization? Yeah. Where does the company want to be better than its competitors in 5, 10, 15 years? Okay? So, with that in mind, very often we think about, okay, if this is true, what are the good leadership competencies that we need in the future? How should a manager be? Right? And once we understand this, uh, we develop a standard training program saying, okay, look, managers... Uh, these are some competences where you're supposed to be good at and here is the program where you can train this, where you can learn this yeah? and we build this program and then we operate this program, we invite leaders saying look here's module 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 and you attend these different modules and afterwards then you, you will be better on those different uh, competencies and maybe at some point of time we do a formal leadership assessment we look at uh, whoever we is yeah? we look at how good the leaders are Uh, with regards to different competences. And that, again, determines whether they get promoted or not and, and, and whether they still have to attend another leadership module. Okay? Sounds reasonable. Yeah? So that's, that's, that's the idea pretty much. So, as I said, in the beginning is the, is the strategy and then we have some leadership competencies. So, um, when you look, you, you will find a lot of leadership competencies... Uh, competence model uh, in in the literature or or in the internet. I mean, for instance, uh, the one of, of Merck. Merck. It's a it's a it's an international pharmaceutical uh, company, very big, very successful, and um, they follow a a leadership model here, saying, uh, as a leader, yeah, be purposeful, be future oriented, be innovative. Be result-driven. Be collaborative. Be empowering. Yeah? This is the model of Merck. Right? You see, this is how you're supposed to be. If you're like this, then you are a good leader. That's, as, from a scientific point of view, this is uh, an application of the trait theory. Yeah? Trait theory of leadership that, that, that always proposes characteristics of successful leaders. Be like this and you will succeed. Okay? Um, And, uh, yeah, okay, that's nice, yeah. It's very often branded in a very nice way. Uh, 
the, the thing here is that, that very often leadership competence models are very, very generic. Uh, and they're not very unique, meaning they do not differ so much from the leadership models of other organizations. And that makes them strategically a little bit useless. You know, I mean, let's have a look at the model of Nestle. Nestle, let's look at the Nestle leadership framework. They say, compete and connect externally, lead to win, manage for results, grow talent and team, collaborate, col collaborate internally, make a difference. Hmm. Yeah, good. Compete and connect externally, but collaborate internally, lead to win. Manage for results. Ah, lead to win and manage for results. Mm, that's different. Uh, okay, crow talent and team. Okay, you must, uh, the message is, be good in all those fields. Or the government of Canada saying, create vision and strategy, mobilize people, uphold integrity and respect, collaborate with partners and stakeholders, achieve results, promote innovation and guide change. Hmm. The longer, the longer you read all those leadership models, the more you get the impression that they all look the same, right? They all look the same. Hmm. But still, I mean, they're reasonable. It's not something, it's, it's not anything wrong on these. I don't want to talk too deep into this, why this is the case, why they are so generic and, and, and really unique. Yeah. Hmm. So, these are... These are there. You find two two kind of models here. One say, okay, be like this, be like this, and then you will succeed, or do this, and then you will succeed. Okay. For instance, Google they have they came up based on uh, empirical evidence. By the way, it's pretty cool. Huh? The Oxygen Project. Um, you can Google this. <laughs> what 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 do you find when you type in Google in Google uh, Google Oxygen? Um, And they made uh, an analysis about uh, what good managers do. Uh, and and uh, it's not about how you be, it's, it's how, what you should do. Yeah? So uh, a good manager is a co good coach, empowers teams, and does not micromanage, expresses interest, concern for team members' success and personal well-being, is productive and result-oriented, is a good communicator, helps with career development, has a clear vision strategy for the team, has important technical skills that help him or her advise the team. Okay, it's a mixture about behavior and uh, characteristics. Um, if you have, uh, so, if, if in you, when you look at this carefully, what uh, Google proposes, then you will understand that they have described the coach, the partner, and the enabler. <laughs> yeah, Think about the structural and cultural context we were talking about in episode number seven, I think. Uh, and I will come back to this in this episode uh, again. What they describe is the coach, partner, and enabler. And they say, be not a boss. Be not a boss. Uh, very interesting. Okay, so here is the strategic decision you need to do in your organization. When you see all these kind of models, do you want to follow this path? Is that the way you want to go? Then your strategic alignment uh, sounds like this. Leadership competencies are defined top-down, right? They are part of the strategic priorities of the company as a whole and describe how leaders should be. Or I could add here how leaders should behave. Yeah? Do you want something like this? 
this overall framework that tell the managers this is how you want to be need to be this is how you 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 should act or is it the opposite and that leads me to an alternative approach is it managers define their required competencies independently by their own <laughs> They should reflect who they are, how they want to be, and how they could be effective in the company. Wow, that's completely different, isn't it? You really tell the managers, you want to get a competence model? You know, we don't have one. Build your own. You don't have one? Okay, think about your challenges. Think about your context. Think about how you can be effective. Why should anybody be led by you? Tell me. Think about it. And then you come up with your own competence model. This is your job. Wow, that's that's cool, huh? That's cool. And that, that leads to a that's that leads to a different approach. And the different approach says, okay, here is a strategy. Okay, we have a strategy. And then we do not think about leadership competencies, we think about leadership challenges. You remember the last episode? Where I said learning is not about uh, increasing competencies. It's about the capability to solve problems. Now you might say it's both the same. Yes, it's it might both the same. But what is the focus? Is it that you want to want to work on competencies, or do you primarily want that the people are capable to solve problems? It's a different view. So here you th do not think about competencies. You think about the leadership challenges. So you might ask your leaders. Hey, leader, here's a piece of paper. Write down your five critical challenges. <laughs> Can you do this? And, and you will see when... Uh, I mean, when you do this exercise with competencies, what are the three competencies you need? They will write down all the same things. Yeah? Like, be innovative, mobilize the people, listen, uh, be strong, <laughs> have a vision... Yeah. But if you say, write down your challenges, you'll get completely different things. Especially when you tell the, the leaders, hey, and be specific, give a situation. Yeah. And then what you do as part of the uh, leadership development program is something like you reflect on the individual context. What does that mean? Reflecting on the individual context. You do exactly what I've described in episodes six and seven. Think about the context in which you lead. Do you lead a team or do you lead individuals? Do you have a high task certainty or a low task certainty? What does that mean? Yeah. Do you know the outcomes or don't you? Yeah. Are you the greatest hero in your team or are the people the greatest heroes? Who has the expertise? You or your people? That makes a huge difference, right? Uh, so what is your context? Is it more stable, hierarchical, or is it more uh, network, more agile? How is your context? It's so crucial. If you don't understand the context, you will never know how you lead. Okay? I repeat myself. <laughs> I see. I always repeat myself. I, I think it's so important. As a, you know, really, I mean, as, as a leader... Yeah, you better understand. Do I lead uh, in a? Uh, 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 do I lead a football team or do I lead uh, uh, a galley, something like this, or do I lead uh, a school class or what do I lead? The, the, the situation are completely different. So I mean, that's something that we already know since decades in the leadership research. Something that 
we completely underestimate for most leadership models in the organization. Most leadership models, as I told you, are behavioral. Think, do this and then it will be good. Or be like this and then it will be good. But we know since decades that this is not how leadership works. Leadership means that you show the right behavior in the right situation. And the one and the same behavior can be can be good in one situation and can be bad in another situation. This is what con uh, contingency theories describe. But I don't want to go too deep into contingency theory. There is no... There are no specific characteristics that make you a good leader. There is no good leadership behavior per se. There is just a good leadership behavior in a given situation. That's something you really need to understand. Okay, so you better understand the context. The context describes the situation, the environment in which you lead. Okay, and then you reflect on your leadership roles. I will talk about this in a minute. And then you think about critical situations and future behavior. What is your role do you, you, do you should play? Do you want to play? What is the role your people expect you to play? How, how do they want you to be a leader? Yeah? How do they want to be led? How do you want to be how, how do you want to lead? This is something and how reasonable is the way you want to lead in the given context? Please think about this. So in this program, what you primarily see is a lot of reflection. Thinking, thinking, thinking. Okay? And then I will talk about this in a minute, maybe something like continuous feedback. So reflect on the context, but then you, th you reflect on your role. And again, I can refer to the model I was proposing earlier, uh, which said you can be either a boss or a coach or an enabler or a partner. A boss tells the people what to do, right? A coach asks the people, hey, what do you propose? So the coach leaves the uh, responsibility with the people. And the partner, they, the partner is working with the people, sharing responsibility. And the enabler makes sure that the people can do their job. The enabler always asks, okay, what do you need so that you can do a good job? I don't want to go too deep into this again. Right. If, you, if you're not familiar with that model, go to episode number seven yeah, about dimensions of leadership and organization. I was talking about this model extensively. So which role do you want to play? as a manager. And here is a template, a very of news. It's a real template. And I ask managers, okay, here are 10 points. Please distribute these 10 points among these four different roles. To what extent are you a coach? To what extent are you a boss? To what extent are you a partner? To what extent are you an enabler? Just think about this. And why do you think that this is the right composition, given the context Right? It's a very, very, very interesting exercise. When I do leadership coaching, I use exactly this model. I'm so powerful. And then comes the next step. I ask the leader, okay, this is how you see yourself. This is how you believe you can be effective in your organization. Okay, what do you think what your people expect from you? Is that the same? Is that the same? I mean, sometimes you want to act like a coach, right? You always push back and whenever you get a question from your people, you ask a question back. What do you think? What do you propose? Yeah. And the people, they want to have a boss. Hey, just tell us. <laughs> boss, just tell us. Here's the problem. What should we do? Tell us. Here's the decision. What should we do? Please decide. And you always push back saying, what do you propose? And, and if they don't understand, your people do not understand the same uh, role as you, you have a, 
you you are in trouble. You your daily work will be a stack of misunderstanding, frustration, constant irritation. I promise you. If you have a different picture about yourself as a leader than your your team has, wow, you're going to walk through hard time. It's like yeah, you, you you know, it's like playing a game but you understand the rules differently than than the others. Oh, and and you know if you're not aware of this. Wow. Wow. I can predict if you do an employee survey, you're going to have some very 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 bad results. <laughs> really. Really. Okay. So, you think about your role and you think about how the people you lead think about your role and you think about whether that fits. Okay? So, and then you do the next thing, you think about critical leadership situation. That's something very very cool. A, re a critical leadership situation refers to a situation where a leader feels being challenged and is facing a decent dilemma. Uh, here's a real problem. Yeah? What should I do? And, and you ask the managers, what are those situations in your daily life? Please, here's a piece of paper. Write it down. Let's collect it. Yeah? And then we jointly talk about different leadership situations. Really difficult situation. Yeah? You don't need some, um, some uh, Harvard business cases here. You have your cases in your organization. Be sure about this. If you don't, you don't have a problem. You don't need a leadership uh, development program. I mean, you do a leadership development program because you want the people to solve problems. So what are the problems? Think about it, okay? So uh, if you ask the managers, what are typical critical, critical situations? You very often get things like this. Two employees have an ongoing personal conflict. They paralyze the team. What should I do? <laughs> or your team sends you a concept proposal and asks whether you agree with it. This is the typical manager, is that okay with you situation? What do you do on this? That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have to stop myself really here because I could talk and talk about these things. Yeah, it's so funny. An average performer insists on a salary increase. He's hard to replace and he knows it. Can you imagine the situation? Oh, that's not, not not funny. A key client escalates a problem. Now things get really decent. You need to react instantly. What will you do as a manager? Wow. That requires leadership, doesn't it? But what is your role on this? How will you react? An employee makes a serious mistake. You notice this while the employee, him or herself, tries to sweep the mistake under the carpet. How do you do? What do you do? How do you react? Mm. And what I typically do in leadership development programs is I ask the managers, please come up with at least two options where both make sense. Because, you know, leaders very often have an instant reaction on those situations. They, they have an instant answer. <laughs> But there are many, and very often they don't see these. So and these cases, these critical situations, they really help leaders to think about different uh, behavioral options. And they can do it in groups together with other leaders, leaders. And they will see that there are many more ways to react on different situations than they always thought. And the interesting thing here is that they can reflect on their role Okay, John, 
you said about yourself that in your given environment, being a coach is the best thing you could do. Okay, fine. Makes sense. Okay, here's the situation. How will you react as a coach? And very often you see that managers, after they thought they could, it's good to be coach, when, when they are confronted, when they are faced with a real situation, they react bossy. I saw this so, so, so many times. And then, uh, I mean, as I am as a facilitator, I have to step in and say, well, John, that was very bossy. Why don't you react as a coach? You said you want to be a coach. So why don't you want to be a coach here in this situation? I don't know how I can be a coach in this situation. Okay, let's talk about this. And that's, that's eye-opening. Right? If you are asked by your team, is that okay with you? I mean, I am, I am asked this way many, many times by my student. Hey, professor, here's the structure of my thesis. Are you fine with the structure? I could act bossy and I could say, yeah, I like it. Change this, change that. I will never say so. I act like coaches and the students know it. I will say, hmm, what do you think? Is that a good structure? You don't know? Huh? Okay. Then I act as an enabler. Do you know what a good structure what a good structure is all about? Do you know this? Okay. What is good about your structure? What is not so good about your structure? Please think about it. I want you to think about your own piece of work. Oh, that's very powerful, by the way. Okay. Yeah. Well, how do you react? Do you push back? Say, ah, uh, whether I like it? I don't know. Do you like it? <laughs> Oh, can we sit together and talk about your concept and then we jointly agree whether we like it? That would be the partner. Or what do I need to do as a manager though that my people can decide by themselves whether they have done a good job or not? That's the enabler. Interesting, yeah? So, uh, in those settings, very often... It's not that you learn from a manager how to do things, uh, from an expert how to do things well. So the classic approach is the following. Managers, the learners, learn from professional management trainers and mentors, the teacher, who have professional superiority and expertise. They tell you in a seminar, look, leaders, when this is the situation, do this. <laughs> and don't do this. Look, this is the way you better give feedback and not this way. This is how you solve a conflict, not this way. Look, here is the Maslow pyramid and this Maslow pyramid tells you that you better do this. Here is the model of Ruman Yetten telling that if you don't know the decision and if you don't have enough information, in this case, do the following. Uh, in many seminars, The, the trainers, the mentors, they act as if, as if there would be ultimate truth, the right behavior. Look, leaders, this is how you do things. Yes, could work to a certain extent if the trainer is very, very, very experienced. But the other strategic direction in leadership development might be different, saying leaders learn from and with others. In the course of joint reflection, they are teachers and learners at the same time. You know, that's, that's a different way. You see? You see? Uh, how do you want to run your executive education? How do you want to run your leadership development? 
like this or like this or is it a combination hmm. yeah and then comes the question of leadership evaluation that that's something that many programs uh incorporate and for instance there's something like a 360 degree feedback just to mention one example a 360 degree feedback means that if you are a leader you might receive feedback from your peers yeah the leaders on the same level you might get a feedback from your customer you might get a feedback from your immediate supervisor and you get a feedback from those you lead the subordinates and and you and you evaluate yourself as well so so you get a picture about yourself and you get the picture about how others see you okay and that's very often done in a structured way maybe using uh, uh, questionnaires um, and um, there, there can also be minor minor solutions like this. Maybe it's not 360, it's just 180, 180 degree feedback or 90 degree feedback, meaning that you might only get the feedback from the subordinates. Yeah. So you are evaluated by others. You're judged by others or you are perceived by others, whatever that is. And, and, and the fundamental question here with any leadership evaluation or feedback system is... Who is supposed to receive the report? Think about this. Think about this. Huh? I ask this question all the time. Ah, you have this 360-degree feedback in your house. That's cool. Huh? I mean, per se, that could be a powerful thing, right? Okay, when you do something like this, the result will be a report about a leader. A report. A one-pager, maybe, only. Right? Who, who, re who receives that one? <laughs> you know, when I ask HR executives, that is at least one half in the room would say, well, it's me who gets this. HR is getting this, of course. And the executive board, because they know, they need to know how good the leader is so that we can decide upon the leader, so that we can plan the next development steps for the leader. You know? And this is what we name central planning and control. That reflects a specific type of HR I was talking about in a very early uh, episode that's central planning and control okay the other half in the room would say well the only person who gets the report is the leader him or herself because he or she needs the report to reflect on the result to think about how he or she could become better in the future if you do this then we talk about feedback you see, here is it again, the difference between feedback and judgment. And that is pretty much about people-centered enablement. You remember? People-centered enablement? That was one type of HR I was talking about, I guess in the second, no, in the, in the third, I, I think in the third episode I was talking about this. This is a strategic decision you need to do when you do something like leadership evaluation or feedback. So one direction goes like this. Through regular, structured management evaluation and feedback, we HR identify the development needs of our managers. You might subscribe this one, right? Knowing that if you subscribe this one and, and you don't handle it right, this is not really a feedback. This is a judgment. Yeah. Okay. The other thing is a real feedback, and that goes like this. Structured management feedback offers our managers the opportunity to identify their own development potential. Or I could add 
uh, development needs. Yeah, that's feedback. Do you want to have judgment or feedback as part of your leadership development program? You see, it's another strategic decision to be made. So that was a longer episode, I, I guess. <laughs> But it's so interesting and so relevant. I uh, hope you took something home. Uh, with the next chapter, we, we, we still, with the next episode, we talk about knowledge management real quick. And then we move on to the topic of talent development, talent management. So, thanks for listening and see you in the next episode.